Welcome, dirty peasants, to episode 15 of the Wartwood Gazette podcast. This week we'll be covering Amphibious Season 1, Episode 7, Dating Season and Anne vs. Wild. I'm your host, Thumbaticon, and joining me today, we have Gleamer. Hello, once again, hello. Nick. What's up? And Ben. Hi. All right, thanks guys for coming on today. And uh, I haven't, was there any Amphibia news this week? Can't think of any mm-hmm. from the top. Nope, head. not so far. Well, yeah, the no. only, the closest thing we have is the Comic Con, which is next week. Woo! Yeah, we'll yeah, definitely try to, yeah, we'll, we'll cover that, I think, the day it air like the day it, the panel happens, I think we can have another chat. Mm. Yeah, but like there are probably some people who will be asleep to not to not recover with that. So yeah, like we can do it this time, hopefully to get some of the the Philly gang. Yeah, it'd be cool with that. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> get I'm, everyone in together for that. We 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 really we desperately need some new guests. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we really need a lot. Yeah, just to diversify the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah, so I guess we'll go right into dating season. So this episode was written by Adam Colas, storyboard by Aaron Austin and Hannah Oyobi, and directed by Bert Yoon. So the episode starts off with Sprig and Anne in the forest, and then like, Anne's not a fan of the Force, and Sprig's trying to, like, convince her. But then all of a sudden, they're ambushed by uh, Sprig's friend Ivy. So then they, they have a chat. Sprig introduces Ivy to Anne, and then she just heads... They both head back home, and then, like, Anne is... Anne, being the best friend that she is, is being annoying about it <laughs> to Sprig. Insisting it was flirting, she tells Hop-Hop, and then... Hop-Hop starts freaking out because the the Sundu family has a they have like they had like some like good seed farmland or seeds. So he basically and pretty much convinces Sprig to set up a date with the possibility that Ivy could be his soulmate. And then during this conversation, Hop-Hop is already sent like an invite via mosquito. So then like they decide to set up a to set up a, a date, a date during the, uh, I think it was called the Firefly Firefly Festival. Yeah, the Firefly yeah. Festival, which was conveniently happening that night. So then, oh, and also we have ha- Polly who just doesn't care about Sprig's love life. So then, we we fast forward to the Firefly Firefly Festival. So then, like Sprig is in this like really weird like traditional gown. And then, like, Hop-Hop and Anne are basically, like, preparing to ship him off to get married. Uh, and then we meet, uh, like, Ivy, who's also being, like, pressured by Fel- Felicia, her mom. So then they, they start dancing. That I forgot the name of that judging Newt, but he, like, <laughs> read some kind of note from Hop-Hop saying, don't screw it up. But, uh, they're in the middle of their weird their weird kind of dance. And then like Ivy 
and Sprig are both really awkward about it because they just saw each other's friends. But then they decide to ditch the festival and go into the woods. So like Anne is like Anne thinks like it's the they're connecting, but uh apparently the ritual will be ruined if they don't finish the dance. So then Hop Bob, Felicia, and Anne like run off after them and drag Polly with them. So I guess the rest of the planners encounter I sorry, before the love doves show up, uh Ivy and Sprig find this like really nice lake. We get a good shot of them like observing the fireflies. And then meanwhile, planters, while they're looking for Sprig and Ivy, uh they encounter love doves, which even though they're very uh very affectionate creatures for each other, they are murderous animals to anything else around them. So they grab the planners and Felicia and take them back to the nest for to eat them. But then Spring and Ivy notice what's going on. They notice their families getting dragged away, getting pulled away. So they decide to chase them down. Uh, while the planners and Felicia are stuck, they start arguing. But then Polly pretty much tells them all off and exposes them and, like, informs them of the error of their ways so eventually sprig and ivy show up they free the planners and then sprig does an ambush on the birds and eventually they fight those fight the love the love bird love doves off so then we get the moral where everyone apologizes and then just as uh just as ivy's leaving sprig realizes he falls in love he's he's fallen in love with ivy and that's the end of dating season so, yeah, I, I like this. Was a cute episode with we get to see Ivy for the first time. Which, even though in the first episode, Spring mentioned he didn't have a lot of friends, but he had Ivy though. But just a minor nitpick, I guess. But yeah, like the hu- like the humor was fun, like hilarious and on point as always with all this dating, dating talk. But I guess, uh, Ben, what were your thoughts on the episode? Um, I, I I liked it a lot. It was a it was a good episode. Um, I liked how um, Polly was kind of like just the main voice of reason throughout the entire ordeal. Like, like whenever Anne was just talking about like what their couple name would be she Polly was just like I have no idea what you're talking about and like towards the end like she she was the one who who basically revealed everything to Anne Hop Pop and uh Ivy's mom um yeah, I liked uh I liked how even though Polly was like the voice of reason, she still had her like hilarious moments where she just like she like rips or eats Anne's magazine. Yeah. And um I I do like how at the end th- even though throughout this entire episode Sprig's like 
we're just friends. He at the end, he's just like, you know what? I I I love her actually. At the at the end with Anne, Anne's like, you just fell in love with her, didn't didn't you? And he's just like, yeah, I just did. Yeah, I I always found it funny how like the whole episode builds up this point that these two are just friends and that like everyone should accept that. And then they, they just like betray that whole idea right at the end. <laughs> like, I, I, I like this shit, but I've always just found that weird about the episode. Yeah, because it felt like they were like trying to like prove a point, but then it's like at the very end, this <laughs> Sprig was like, nah. Like, nah. I, I, I actually do like her. So, uh, Nick, what were your thoughts on the episode? Well, honestly, I thought it was, like, a really nice episode on childhood friendships between a boy and a girl. Mixing with, like, some of the show's um, funniest moments, I have to say. Like, any interaction that Polly had with, like, Felicia's Hop Hop or Anne's nonsense was pretty much, like, my favorite parts of the episode. Like, I don't know. It was just... I feel like they, she had the perfect reactions to any dumb thing they might have said. Like when Anne thought she was like, uh, like when Anne thought she, when I, when Anne thought for once in an episode she didn't do anything wrong, and then Polly just like, Polly basically just throws that back in her face, telling her how dumb she was of her teenage magazines. Like uh, that was just funny. That was just so funny to me. Yeah, and also like, Papa was hilarious. Where he's like, he's just in it for the, for like the. He's just in it, in it for the the, the special seeds. Yeah, like, I'm trying to look up that line where, uh... Oh, and also when Ivy and uh, Hop-Hop shake hands, like, Ivy puts on, like, a little, like, cloth and he thinks he's, like, dirty. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, because... hmm. Oh, that just uh, makes me think, though, because, um, but actually, no, I'll, I'll get into that later. I'll just get into that later, then. Oh, another one of those hop-hop? Yeah, no, hop. no, yeah, just, just another <laughs> hop-hop thing, but I just noticed something. Yeah, it was, it was sort of like a reoccurring theme of the show with, like, hop-hop and spray, but I'll just get into that later. Uh, Lemur, what are your thoughts on the episode? Okay, so, to start off, I just want to say how much of a mood Polly is in this episode. Like, good grief, this girl is my freaking spirit animal in this goddamn episode. <laughs> yeah, she is. Like, damn. <laughs> like, if I was in that situation, I would literally... Everything that she did would probably be the exact reaction I would give. Like, I am so... Like, her reactions in this episode is just perfect. Because, man, like, re-watching this episode again is kind of painful with all of the stupid... You know the stupid things that like Anne, Valicia, and Hop Hop did. Oh man. <laughs> Anne as a shipper is like one of my <laughs> it's I, well, personally one of my pet peeves towards Anne, but it's, it's like one of my it's one of like <laughs> per, like well, it's like a little bit of it. It's a personal pet peeve of mine. It's, it's not a it's not an actual nuisance, but like uh I forgot it. I keep forgetting that this, like, Anne is like an actual teenage girl most of the time. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I, I also keep forgetting how much of a 
shill hop hop is for the most part. Like we keep <laughs> we keep we keep saying that about him in season one, but like damn, he's ready to act. he's willing to do anything just for money in the season, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to escape the financial burden. Like he's practically willing to do anything. And he, I mean, he never I mean, quits be, that. Like yeah, well, to be fair, he did have a good reason that was explored in like in in a future episode, but like if you were watching it earlier, he was saying like Yeah. He, if you were watching this in the point of time, but like, damn, without hindsight, like, wow, Hop Up is a greedy bastard. I feel like Hop Up isn't a greedy bastard, but like, if he didn't have a moral compass, he would have been a really good greedy bastard. Yeah, that's what he, yeah, that's what we said. And like, he had the motivation, which was explained on like a later episode, but like, yeah, so but... he can't help but feel a little too annoyed when he does these kinds of things. Yeah, because, guys, I mean, at this point, you just feel bad. Sprig has been taken advantage by both and hop, by both Hop Up and Anne at this point. Like, she, Anne already had him wed to go get some dough. Now Hop Up's just no Hop Up's like having him like taken away just so he can get some like I don't I don't even like what even was it again? Just like, oh, secret yeah. proprietary co- crops for proprietary oh, God, crops. But... Yeah, it's just proprietary. Yeah, that is a, oh, that's a total also, hop hop move. Yeah, and also Maddie actually like Sprig brings up his engagement to Maddie. Yeah, we and, yeah we, we and forgot like, they show to the ring that. like that weird yeah the weird skull ring and then Hop is just like forget her, <laughs> forget her man she doesn't have mana. <laughs> Come on, dude. Good for- well, yeah. at least they, well, at least, well, at least, like they brought up Maddie because, like, in another show, they would probably for- would have forgotten that plot point, but Amphibia is. But Amphibia does a good job of keeping you up with um, past mo- moments that happened before and bringing them up again because it because of its strong sense of continuity. I mean, I want to say that, but like even I think season one's continuity was a little bit weird. Rocky. Yeah, because you know yeah, because... the whole the whole Sprig does not have a friend before thing, and then Ivy shows up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it was a little bit iffy, but like, yeah. For yeah, most it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'd say you could also like sort of stretch that over to like how Polly interacts with the characters of the show. Because I just feel like she sort of plays like the straight man for like a lot of the beginning episodes, but then like later on, she becomes this like destructive, chaotic ball. Like, is that the one? Like, how did she get to that point? I mean, she still is. I think it's just that like when the rest of the characters are this like out of control, Polly is the one who has to. Well, Polly has to play the straight because she is a for baby. Social in- for social interactions, Polly seems pretty level-headed. But like, if it's just causing mayhem, then yeah, Polly's like she's the one. In th- she's like the true, one in the front true. row. Yeah, she's yeah true. Yeah, and like, it's kind of crazy how the baby is like the most has the most mature outlook out of, of the out of the situation. Then again, she is a baby. She doesn't really know anything about romance and stuff. Even though, even though personally, she she is the most sense. She has the most sensible outlook out of any of them. Yeah, no, no. She every like every word that came out of her mouth was just like a total move. Like I just especially like the part, <laughs> I know. like just just the part where she like no, just when everyone's making up, she says, "Guys, I always say leave the emotional makeup for later. We need to like get the safety." Like I just. Like, that's a thing I always want to scream at the TV when there's, like, danger going on and everyone's too busy hugging each other. Like, every single line from her was just something I've thought in the past before. It was just perfect. 
she's a freaking mood, bro. Like, oh man, like I, I, I forgot how great Polly is sometimes. But this, this is one of the, this is one of the episodes that remind me that ah, uh, maybe Polly is actually a better character than I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to give her credits to her character in this episode. She is great. And even though it's kind of ironic that she does fall in a shipping like in a shipping mood in a later episode, I'll give it a pass. She will always have this she will always have this episode to win me over. Oh yeah, I had to think about that for a second. It, it's it's the um it's the Civil, Civil War, War, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to think that's okay. a QB episode. <laughs> yeah, that, that oh, does yeah. happen. Yeah. She does do that. <laughs> yeah, she well, to be fair, it's it's more of a like a like a fangirl obsession with the whole team thing. Yeah. But like like the Twilight thing, more of a shipping thing, but whatever. Also, uh, like... also to bring it up, I guess like since we're bringing it up in that sense, like with the uh the shipping war movie thing to mm-hmm. to Polly, like those are fictional characters while with Sprig and Ivy, it's like Real true, people, true, like you're... so, true, and like sh- shipping real people together compared to fictional characters is kind of different because, like, with real people, th- we we know they have feelings, and they like if they find out bit that they're being shipped together, they can they can like say what what they feel about it, yeah. but like with with fictional characters. Well, they're fictional. They can't really do anything about it. So they can't tell you. They can't tell you you're being creepy. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, that's kind yeah. Of, Polly just that's, that's kind of sad, yeah, really. Yeah, that, that that's what separates Polly from everyone else. She just has standards when it comes to her shipping. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I always said all shipping is bad anyway. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Moving on. Oh, the the newt says like Hop Hop's message for Sprig is. Sprig, don't mess this up for us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the delivery, where like the guy's just like reading this out loud, also, like everyone yeah. here. Also, isn't that the same guy that uh, who is also the critic from Yeah, the yeah, it's the critic. yeah, it's the same guy too. Another bit of foreshadowing that we missed. God yeah, then I, I wouldn't call it oh, foreshadowing. Yeah, an indication, an indication of another, no. another episode, I guess. Yeah, and I also noticed that like he, he also helps. Like not not even just like the critic stuff. He also just helps with like, I guess with the, the town whole business. Wartwood like thing. yeah, yeah. Any, any official I guess political stuff going on in Wartwood, he's always there helping. I feel like, and I feel like it's subtle there, but like I mean, he's a newt, right? So like it just yes, he is a newt. yeah. It just makes sense for why he'd be connected to that. Like why instead of having like a toad assistant to help Toadstool, it's a newt. Like it's oh sorry, instead of having like a frog assistant to help a Toadstool, it's like a newt actually like. It's sort of that, that social divide that Amphibia brings in. Is this, is, this, is this actually, like, the first time that we see a sign of that here? It's the first time we see a newt, I think. Yeah, I think he's our yeah, first well, newt. Yeah, I think this is our first... I think this is the first time we've seen a newt in this show. Because... Like, we saw Grime yeah. as early back in, like, yeah. episode two, so we had, like, yes. some idea. Yes. Yeah, I think this is the first new. To, yeah, I think this is the first new that we'd see in the show. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I just wonder, like, what, like, when does Amphibia sort of point out that there's like 
I guess like a caste system. Like I don't know. And I can't it, remember. But but it, it just wasn't it like wasn't it like in one of the hot popular it in when, Oh yeah, hot popular was when it was like shown in the spotlight. But I think I made was yeah, it I think prison break, break or even yeah. toe tax maybe. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe around there. Yeah, maybe there. Yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like it just like it's just really subtle. Like, like a town full of like a town full of frogs. A show, I'm like a show like uh, advertised as a world of frogs, and then the people can, in charge of like it's like the political stuff going on, the business stuff are happen to be a newt and a toad. Like it's not specifically pointed out to you, but like I feel like there's sort of that subtlety there. Mm. I, also, like. Hold on. Yeah, when I think when we uh get to the point where we at where we get to know more of the townies in in this season, that's where all that's also where like the political aspect of Amphibia kicks in more. Yeah, I think yeah, actually, yeah, I think that's true because um, Lily, I feel like things really start kicking off when we get to like Lily Pad Thai or something, right? And yeah, then when I, we I, get I think to right know, off, yeah. When we actually get to know the other townies more, more into more personally, starting with um, uh, who is that? I think I forgot. I, I forgot Stumpy. the name of the uh, chef. Stumpy. Yeah, Stumpy. 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 Because yes, like no, because yes. like literally right after that we get we have like toe tax and prison break. So I think I think you're really onto something there, Liam. Because like after mm-hmm. that we, we start getting more individual like yeah yeah individualized episodes of like Anne and some ran, random like member of Wartwood. Hmm. I think I think we can also consider dating season as like, yeah, one of the first, one of the first county episodes that we got. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we could consider that because like, or, how would we consider a county episode? Like, is it just like? like I, I guess well, if it's if it's a, of, if it's like a character that I I feel like if it's. One of the reoccurring, if it's an episode about one of the reoccurring Warwood episodes, I feel like we can chalk it up to be a townie episode because yeah, because yeah, because like Ivy, Ivy and Felicia, like they're, they're two recognizable characters like later on in the season. I mean, same with Albus Duckweed. Like these are characters you just like recognize later on. So I feel like we can because I, I because then, then again, but, I mean, then Breakout Star, how Breakout Star had like Breakout school. Star is like yeah. okay, yeah, I guess. You, well, it's more like it's more of an it's more of a planter episode. Well, more of a focus. Or uh, it's I, I think personally, Breakout Star is more of an Anne episode, more of a Townie episode. Because you know we're gonna we're gonna rob Sprig of his 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 shipping episode and call it a Townie oh, like, episode. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I it felt well, like this it is felt like, like one of the... such an anti-shipping episode oh, for me. It's True. Just... Like I feel like I just remember the first time I saw this, I was actually like, I, "Listen, I, I, my feelings are spivey. They're just sort of like I'm like, yeah, it's nice. I'm not the biggest fan of, but like, so I just remember like my first time seeing the episode, I, I was like, I was just in full support of the fact that they just both just want to be friends. Because like you see this happen mm-hmm. all the time, like a boy yeah. and a girl, like who are friends, like the, both the fan base and the show are going to push or, them to be in a rela- or, romantic relationship, like or a boy or a boy or a girl or a girl. Or a boy or a girl and a girl and a boy and a boy and a boy and a girl and a girl. It's like oh, it's endless. There's no end to it. And yeah, I just, I just, I generally just felt like, I don't know. I felt like the show betrayed itself at the end. But yeah, let's still admit it. We, we still, we still got a nice. I feel like even then we still got I mean, like a come nice, on. Look, look at that. 
Look at that firefly firefly seed and tell me <laughs> the tree yeah. itself. Okay. I know. I was on the same boat as you, Nick. And then like seeing them like bonding by like the lake, it's like like my yeah, cold that, heart. Yeah, that, <laughs> okay. that is there. You're right. Yeah, that did uh, warm my heart a little bit. <laughs> that is, it is there. But I think I think one thing I can't admit that I like about the ship is the fact that it's not there's no will they, won't they? There's no there's no confirming it right at the end of the series or like the final episode no instead here it is we're going to develop this nicely and just enjoy it. like i feel like that's still sort of like a new thing that like modern television is doing because i feel like back then it was just this whole they get together then they break up two episodes later they get together it's just that whole nonsense but strivey just like kicks that to the curb and just does what it needs to do uh, well okay well, they did. Well, since like, <laughs> well, since Spryby is like a major part of this episode, I guess we I have to talk about it. I guess. Well, okay. I, personally, you don't have to, but... I mean, no, 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 I know I have to. I have to. I have to. <laughs> because it is it is a part of the episode, and it needs to be talked. Okay, personally, like, yeah, I I kind of agree with the idea that it's kind of weird to have Sprig like fall in love with Ivy even like after. This after this episode, like emphasize the fact that they are just friends, but like I don't know, like Spryby for for some reason that I can't put my finger on, Spryby kind of works for some reason, and I think it's because like what Nick said, like it's not something that the show is like vote like. It's like it's not a focal point. Like Spryby is not a focal point of the show. No, isn't even like like one of the biggest storylines of the show in general. It's like it's just this little thing that is it's just this thing that oh, a neat little thing that like it's cool or like cute. And they did and then develop it like then then they develop it in the background, nice like slow and steady and nicely until it became canon. And then, and I, and I and I appreciate that because most of the time romance is used as a crutch by less talented uh, writers to make their stories a lot more interesting, e.g. Al House. So, uh, uh, whoa, whoa, Lemur, you <laughs> broke you broke the sacred rule. Oh wait, this why Lemur accepted to this Oh world. god! <laughs> oh god! I don't care. I don't care. But like, okay, but like. Yeah, with the Spryby, it's like just oh, that's cute, and then they moved on with like they moved on because you know they really they don't they don't really talk about it much, and then but they developed it very well, like in the background, and when it and when it when it became canon with them, you know, in the penultimate episode, it was actually kind of nice because oh, because it's not a big part of the story it's and it's not it's not even a huge part of Sprig's character but like it's a nice it's a nice it's a nice piece that makes Sprig's character a lot more likable i assume because you know yeah and like, like mm, what? Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you there because I feel like yeah, it, it doesn't take away his character. Like it does add. Like I feel like it does add on to him in, in some way. Like it doesn't. I feel like yeah, Sprig's character is just really about. I feel like the focus on his character is just really about his friendship with Anne. Like having Spryby there. I mean, sorry, having Ivy. Sorry about that. Having Ivy there, it, it doesn't take away 
anything from the, what the shows you know what the show does within the future so i, I really do agree i'd really do agree with you there yeah and like and ivy himself ivy himself ivy herself is not um it's not just a romantic interest character like that's just her whole character she's actually a very fun character to follow around and like she and even with the little amount of screen time that we got from her I think she developed a solid enough character to like follow to have an own, have an episode on her own, which she did eventually in season two, and that to me is like a sign of a good character. Like, so yeah, I enjoy it's that Spivey works because the romance of it does not really matter. It's like it's not heavily romanticized either. It's it's portrayed as these two friends who are, you know, have a deeper bond. Even though, well, even though you can't, even though that kind of uh, description can be, you know, not used in a romanticized way, I do respect how, how wholesome it is and how low stakes it is. I just like, I expect it for being, it knows what it tries to do and I respect it. That's what I'm going to say. All right. Thank you, Lemur. You, you summed it up pretty well. And uh, I guess Nick, any any final th- final thoughts on uh, on dating season? I have to say, I feel like I remember last week I was I was out here saying Sprig versus Hop Hops like might be the funniest episode in season one, but I, I feel like this is also on par. Like I feel like Sprig versus Hop Hop was like I, I I feel like it was like more funny in an ironic sense. But I just feel like here. The comedic lines they had were top notch. Like they, they landed every single time. I just remember a personal favorite of mine was just when Sprig said he looks stupid, and he said Ivy's going to think he looks stupid. And then, and all she has to say is just, "You great, you got." Yeah, she's like, "Now both of you will have something to talk about, or something." Yeah, or something yeah. in common. Now you both have something in common. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I think ow, and then and then Anne gets proceeds to get hit by every single bottle like she deserves. Yeah. Uh, see, that's why. That's why I feel like I never. While they are being really dumb, I never like get annoyed with them because at this, like they they do get their comeuppance. Like they oh, they do get yeah. all their BS thrown back in their face. I mean, just, and yeah, and just having a bunch of different lamps just slammer in the face. Like all that's there. So I, I feel like it's just a pretty solid episode. Yeah, at least they're self aware that the like Hop Pop Ed and Felicia are being idiots and jerks. That's nice. Not a lot like, of shows I loved, do that. I still liked all of Hop Hop's like comedic moments, like with the the mosquito, like li- like taking some of his blood as a tip. Oh, and then, like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was like, yeah. yeah, he was like, he was like, and, don't and take he, too much. Like, I need to slap some chores after this. Oh, oh, oh uh, Nick Nick said what I was gonna say. Oh, where sorry, he, he was oh. like, don't take too much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't take too and much. Also, I have chores to do. And also, his face when the love doves show up, and like Felicia, Anne, and Polly are like, "Oh, like, oh, wow, so cute." And then you see Hop. I'm just like, he's freaking out. Like, <laughs> love, love birds, or is it love doves or love love doves? I think it's love doves. Love doves. Love doves. Yeah, love doves. I kind of want. Oh yeah, I kind of want them to appear. All smiling. And yeah, Hop Hop's just like, oh shit. <laughs> I kind of want them to appear in a later episode too. Like just to see them get killed or something. <laughs> oh man! Like, oh, we, we did get the the two headed love dove in uh 
Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Like, yeah, yeah, they were. They're not. Yeah, yeah but they're not real. It's not so odd, though. Yeah, it's, it is a little like it's a nice callback. Yeah, and see, it's just one of those many things in season two that just makes watching season one just feel so worth it. Like, ah, man, but we can get that. We can get to that. Like, I guess later when we actually get to season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, any any final thoughts on this episode? No, not really. Um, yeah, good episode on par with like previous episodes and in terms of like just being a great episode. Um, I, I, I do like how Anne kind of just pulls all her information from her teen magazines that she brought from the human world that were just all in her backpack for some reason. And like, she uses that to justify her actions instead of like what she thinks. Mm -hmm. And like all the magazines are like, it'll blossom into romance. Doesn't matter what, what, what happened and like some other thing. And in the end, they, they just like get destroyed or something. And yeah, it's just it's a it's just a good episode. Oh yeah, and we have that moment with Anne, like where like Polly destroys a magazine magazine, and then like Anne feels like the guilt has been lifted, like like lifted off of her, like a burden. Wow, I feel <laughs> like the magazine was in control of her. Yeah. Like, could you call that? For, like, could you call it like a mini arc for Anne? <laughs> this might sound dumb, but could you call that like a mini arc for Anne? Because like. Like, girl time and this episode, it was Anne trying to force, like, the average teenage stereotypes. And, like, Polly turns around, just rips that all up in her face and just ends it right there for her. Like, and that's just how she feels free, right? Like, I don't know. I just popped my head right now. Hmm. Maybe. It, maybe, maybe it's just a coincidence, but maybe it's on purpose. We won't. It was just coincidence. <laughs> I don't think so. Coincidence? I'll just take anything. I'll just take anything I can get. Do, 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 do. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I, I, man, the, the, that magazine was so stupid too. Especially the first. <laughs> especially the first. Like, like, she said, like, I don't even. Know, she said, like, I don't remember what she said. She said five out of. She was like, I don't remember. There was like this no, one like two thirds of like, two thirds of relationships started with friends with uh, started with just big friends or something like that. Like, what the fuck is that? Where did you pull that statistic? I remember, there was like this. There was like this line that was like fading into the background. Everyone was arguing. So she said like five out of ten people say that. Three out of ten. She was like, she was like going off on that. Like God. <laughs> Oh. It's kind, of, but it's kind of ironic how much Amphibia loves to bash like romance and shipping, and yet this show has like a lot of shippers and real like romanticized <laughs> and like, so concepts. I mean, what animated yeah. show Lemur doesn't have shipping fandoms? Oh, <laughs> attached to it. Oh, uh, there we go. Uh, I'm fixing greets. All right, moving on. Say <laughs> right, I think I think we can move on now to 
Yeah, less controversial. Se- segment, <laughs> unless unless you unless there's anything else to add on. Nah, I, I think much. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, this is just a fight. It's a good episode, regardless of uh, the stupid. It's stupid, but it's stupid with a purpose. I guess that's what. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good explanation of uh, this episode. All right. So I think we're going to move on to. Oh, I'm just looking at the credits. So the animation was done by uh, Sunman Image Pictures, which isn't. What? Like, this? they only worked on. They only animated season one episodes, but they didn't stay yes. on for season two. Yes. I think because they are working on other projects. Specifically, maybe Infinity Train. Okay. Mm. Uh, it's like the first time I saw like their name. This might be credits. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm I'm used to seeing Rough Draft Korea or Sairam animation. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll move on to Anne versus Wild. So Anne vs. Wild is written by uh, Geneva Mai. Geneva Mai or Gen- yeah, I think Geneva Mai. Oh, I'm sorry for doing that. Storyboard by Drew Applegate and Cheyenne Curtis. Directed by Derek Kirk Kim. So, Anne, like, the episode starts with Anne in her basement. She's going through her bag looking for, for lotion. And then she ends up like finding a bath bomb. So she goes to show the planners, and then she discovers that the planners are already packing and preparing to go on a camping trip. And they didn't tell Anne because they didn't plan on they didn't plan on bringing her along because they knew she wouldn't enjoy it. But then Anne Anne claims that she likes the outdoors, but obviously she doesn't want to be left out. So Hop Up and Polly are skeptical, but then like Sprig is like, "Oh, if she wants to come, she should come." And then planners like okay like the planners decide oh it can't hurt to bring Anne along so they arrive at the camp uh we get like a montage of Anne not really i guess enjoying enjoying her time there so like after the montage before and after the montage like sprig is applying that like that sap on her help keep the bugs away but i get that didn't really help <laughs> with the pain but uh hop up insists on like telling Anne so she can take bessie and go home anytime and then like there's this point where hop up says like hop up says they'll be fine without her and that really strikes a chord with ang strikes a chord in Anne's, i guess psyche i don't know but then she decides like to keep like keep up the lie by saying that all this camping is too soft for her and she can use something more extreme. And then that's when we get the introduction of uh, Soggy Joe, who just shows up out of the bushes and offers to take them somewhere a little bit more extreme. And the planners are down for it, so they all head out to this like really creepy part of the forest at sun at sunset at sun. At dusk, I guess. And it's real like you can see like empty buckets from presumably polywogs, some skeletons, 
some small snails getting eaten by spiders. So it's not it's not a it's not like the previous campsite. And then they sit around the fire. Soggy Joe tells about the mud men. And then eventually goes for a bathroom break. And then like Anne is like they're all terrified. <laughs> and and it's like Anne gets freaked out just by Sprig talking or talking to her. And then Soggy Joe comes back and then collapses to reveal an axe behind his back. So they're all freaking out. And then you see the mud man like emerging from like emerging from like just the, the swamp itself. And this was after like they like they all grab some torches to try and fend them off, but eventually like the mud men just like throw mud on all their lights. So then just when things look dire, Anne remembers she has her bath bomb because Soggy Joe mentioned that they don't like sunlight or being clean. Tosses the bath bomb. They all get cleaned out to reveal they're just a bunch of cannibal frogs. They all run off. And then Anne finally decides to come clean about like the reason why she wanted to come along. And then eventually like the planners the planner they all like they all hug. This is the first time they hug, which is a significant moment. And then Hop Hop tells her that next time they'll include Anne on what they're doing, whether she likes it or not. And uh, Soggy Joe reveals he's still alive. And then they basically sum up the episode for him. <laughs> and then they all just head back to get some pancakes. And uh, I, I know, I know, I haven't talked about the the last scene, the last like minute of the segment i think we'll we'll save that for later first i think we'll we'll go through this batch not batch this first 90 percent of the episode but uh i i really liked what i think what separates this episode from the rest of season one for me is that outside of outside of best friends and anner beast i think this would be a really really solid uh, episode you could show to anyone who hasn't seen the show yet and they would still get a really good idea of what the show's about what the characters are and what happens at the last minute of the show to reveal whatever we'll talk about it then but uh what so what what else set like what else the reason i really like this episode is because a lot of the segments we've seen so far that are centered around Anne generally involve her trying to recreate some like a part of her home life from earth and she's trying to like recreate an amphibia and it's, it's not turning out the way she plans but then i think by Anne versus wild this i think this is the first time Anne makes an honest attempt to fit into this world for, for the wrong reason but it's like at least she's actually like making the effort instead of being forced to adapt in some sort of life or death situation that she end up, ended up causing, which which still happens later. But the reason the characters get into like this their conflict isn't from Anne's selfishness, but rather her fear of missing out. And this is kind of a this is a side of Anne we haven't really seen since maybe Best Franz when she started like when she talked about Sprig about doing questionable questionable things to like stay within whatever friendship she had, which we know about Sasha and Marcy. So we have this situation where 
like Anne is going out of her comfort zone for the wrong reason, even though it's technically something she should be doing. And then, meanwhile, we have the planners who are like oblivious to all of this, but they still, outside of Polly, like just joking about Anne being soft, they still try to accommodate her, and they're still like, they never, they never tease her or make fun of her when she's like suffering, which I really, which I liked. It's because like a lot of episode, like a lot of, I don't want to say simpler cartoons, just other cartoons would just like make Anne like the they, this episode still makes Anne the butt of the joke. But at least it's to the audience and not to the characters themselves. So, uh, yeah, I just I, I really like this episode, and uh, I guess that like Nick, what were your thoughts on this episode? Honest, I gotta really agree with you there when you mentioned that this is another episode that sort of gave off. And I think Anne's like core problem when it comes to relationships. But it, I don't know, like my, my first initial watch, like I guess I didn't pay that close attention. But yeah, I think this just really shows that Anne, like she just has this like overwhelming need to fit into to fit in with like, you know, I guess any group she meets that she thinks is cool. She'll like push herself to her limits or out of her comfort zone just to match up with them. No matter like I guess no no matter like what bad things happen to her because she just has that need to really just fit in with them and, and I, I think like what sets that apart from her relationship with like I, I guess relationship with the planters versus that of Sasha and Marcy is that like I, I guess for them like they don't I don't I don't know because I feel like they don't need they, they don't have specific needs for her they just well they do but it's I feel like it's more like just love and respect from her in this way right like like that, that's like a point I need to think about further on, but yeah, I, I really do agree with a lot of your points here. And like, yeah, she 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 feels like the plat. She wants to be she wants to be needed by the planners, but then in this case, like, and guess I, I don't want to get too much into Sasha and Marcy, but like I guess maybe. Sasha and Marcy had things for Anne to do. But then, like, here, like, the planners just are, like... The planners don't really need Anne. They just wanted... They just brought her along. And I guess I think that's that's a good thing. That, like, it's a good thing Anne ended up with someone like the planners who didn't really... Uh, I don't want to say exploit, because that, that's a very heavy word. Uh, like, they just they just took her in and just let her do what she wants and occasionally Anne will help other like I'm probably getting too off topic but I I'm just, it's a good thing that the plan that she ended up with the planners of everyone in Wartwood or maybe even Amphibia. But I guess Ben, what were your thoughts on this episode? Ben? Wait, is 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 my audio okay? Yeah, your audio is fine. I think. Oh, okay, okay. Ben might be away from the mic right now or something. All right, I think Lemur's away from the mic right now. So. Hello. Oh, okay, Lemur. What are your I mean, thoughts on? I was I just waiting. What are your thoughts on the? I guess the main plot of this episode, not not the. Everything pre everything up to the pancakes. <laughs> okay. 
So, well, you've been saying for weeks that um, that we've been we've been talking about the, like the point where like we feel like Anne is finally becoming one with the planters, and you and you keep saying it for weeks that you think that Anne versus Wild is the episode that Anne has finally become a planter. At first, I don't really like thought about it, but then like rewatch. Rewatching it actually, actually, kind of makes me agree on your on your answer now because I mean, I now re- that we've watched season one, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say that I guess this is the episode where I think Anne thought of herself as a member of the family. Yeah, yeah. He said I that. think like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I think at the beginning, I think I think definitely at the end, Ali, because I think I think Anne just like realizes that this is just like a group where she doesn't need to act or be like them she just needs to like you know respect and love them and they'll accept her and like yeah i think i think that's i think that's when Anne really starts thinking that this is a group i really want to be a part of and when we get to like I forget what, what the episode's called but like you know when they go into the planter basement and then they learn that like outsiders manage to join the planter family i think that just really cements the idea that she can be a part of this group too okay so yeah, what you said. Um, I think this episode is really. I I forgot how important this episode actually is. To be honest, because there's a lot. There's actually a lot of depth in this episode. Like of like what you said. Um, like Anne's, you know, Anne's issue with um, with being a part of a group. Um, it it's it's. It's presented here at full display, and like, there's also you know the planters. Uh, I don't. Know. I think is yeah. I I actually agree with your point about how this is the first time that Anne is actually trying to be to to actually partake on an amphibian tradition or an amphibian activity, not just. Her trying to bring back something from her home into amphibia. He's at. She's actually trying to be. She actually tries an activity from amphibia itself, trying to adapt. Yeah. Not because not because to survive, but because she actually wants to. And yeah, this uh, this is also the first time where she actually you know actively wants to partake. With the planters for one, for with activities from the planters for once, because most of the time, well, in previous episodes, she's the one who's initiating the the activity for the planters to partake in, like the pizza, the charger, um, the her being a po- a political pawn by toadstool. It's all it's it happens all because of her, but here. She wants to join in the planters, and the planters are just joining in Anne's adventure. This yes. time around, it's the complete opposite, where Anne is the one guess, who wants to partake with the planters. I guess, with the exception being Spring versus Hop Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. That's which is like one like, one segment out of like almost nearly ten. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like more of her just be. And she's like more of a spectator there more than an active participant. 
of Logan Pauly. But yeah, this is also the this is the first time that we see Anne actually wanting to be a part of Planters Adventures. And to their credit, I really and the, her struggle to like to enjoy um the planter, you know, enjoying and like partake with the planters. It's very it's very well done. Like it's comedic, but it's also very clear that it's also kind of like it's also kind of it's also pretty clear that it also like bogs down and like mood lines. And the planters are actually really respectable in this episode. Like in the beginning, like she, if they like they suggest Anne to you know you know if she if she doesn't feel uncomfortable and like in this in this trip she can just go home and like or like you know just stay at home because you know the the plan the the plan the plans reform does need like someone to look out for it because of how dangerous it is but Anne is insists because she really does want. To she really does want to bond with the planters, and I think yeah, I think this is the first time where she, like yeah, I I said it multiple times, and I'm sorry for repeating it, but like I can't stress enough of how important this episode is for Anne's growth because this is the first time where Anne really feels like she wants to be a part of this family for the mo for the. For the majority of the season, she's mostly in the sidelines or like just she keeps herself in like in arm's length, even though the planters have have pretty much spent a lot of their time trying to make her comfortable. This time around, not only she wants to be a part of the planters um, adventure, but also she wants to. She doesn't want to be alone, I guess. Like, that's another thing about Anne's, um, Anne's part in this. Like, she doesn't want to feel, you know, left out again. And that's pretty important because even if it's comedic, the state, the emotional stake is kind is also there. Like, the character development that Anne got in this one episode alone, despite being comedic in nature, is really is really well done i will say oh man i i i don't i don't know how i managed to like like pass by all the subtle character moments here but re-watching it with hindsight it is very good like it's actually it actually became a lot better than i like than i thought before and like and i really enjoyed this episode personally because of the comedy like and like yeah, the comedy my, here yeah Hmm? Keep in mind, Keep this going. isn't even talking about like, the last scene as well. <laughs> yeah, this is not even... Yeah, this is not even, like... We're not even talking about the ending, but it's actually, like... I can't, like... I just realize... I just now realize how important this actually is. That's how I, great... I, this. That's how actually great the show is, because it hides the most important stuff on episodes that you don't even think it would show like you, they don't need a big plot episode they they hide their biggest moments in the most cal in the calmest ones and that's what i was that's what makes amphibia so unique 
I just gotta agree with like everything you say right there, Lamer. Like that is just so damn true. Like, like I really, I think that sense of progression for like Anne's respect for the planters. Like, I think it's really like really. I, I, I just think it's really there. Like I think sort of like that bud is planted in Breakout Star when they still stand by her even after all they did for her. Like uh, yeah, even after all she did to them. Like she starts seeing them as like this really cool group that she respects. And then later on, when like. Uh, she she starts thinking, oh, I actually want to be a part of this family. I want to be with them. Like it's all right there, and like it, it's that's really solid. Yeah, and I think th- I think that this also been said in like the previous episodes before this, like Girl Time, Girl Time Spring versus Hop Pop dating season. They're all there. Like she want like she bonds with um the kids, Polly individually and Hop. She bonds with Sprig and Hop Hop more in this in these episodes, but this is also but this is the and this is also the combination that she wants to bond with them together in this episode, not individually but as a family, and I really like that. It's it this these kinds of episodes are what makes Anne's character so different yet so good because her character her development. The, it, this these are the kind of episodes that makes me think why Anne is so good and why she's one of my favorite protagonists in a cartoon ever. Her development is so subdued and so well slow burn, so well done, and so well told. I really I can't help but really respect um Anne as a character here because episodes like this is what makes her so good as a character. And I really and I have to give credits to the amphibia to the show for making her for making her character development so to good. Yeah. Yeah, and like I think we we haven't really talked too much about like the actual camping trip itself, which is pretty yeah. like entertaining to watch. And like Ben, what were yeah. your thoughts on we got we got Soggy Joe, which Soggy <laughs> he was a Joe. <laughs> Yeah, he was a good addition. He's so freaking good in this episode. Just, I don't even, just when he laughs for like 20 seconds straight, they're just staring at him like he's some kind of psychopath. That's so good. That is just so freaking good. Like, I've never gushed about his character before, but I don't know. Like, I I know he's like one of the, like, the lesser characters that people end up caring about, but I feel like he had such a strong introduction in the show that like, at least to me, he's very memorable. Like, I just like I just like to think that that his creepiness is just played up to an act because like even when Anne tells him to turn it down, he's just yeah. like no, like <laughs> it's just so good. And also, also like it, I also love how his creepiness is also contrasted by his like gentle nature. Like yeah, oh, he, yeah, because... yeah, he brings he brings them into this debt in this debt like debt cemetery in this debt camp, and yet he offers them pancakes. Like yeah, oh. <laughs> I feel like he's just like a nice guy to his core. Like, like I feel like he yeah, he's a nice guy like, with a like weird, he's, like he's cre- yeah. with a creepy exterior. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like yeah, I feel like yeah, because you see in like other episodes too, where like he helps Paul. I mean, yeah, that, that's season two, but you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, he helps just, Polly. He helps. He helps the siblings yeah, design. The box. Is super creepy. Like, yeah, and then the thing that bothered me the most about his design is that it looked like something took a bite out of his tongue. 
Oh, oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. he has a bite bar. Oh man, yeah. I don't know. He's just one of my favorite minor reoccurring characters in the show. Like he's just he's just, like anytime he's on screen, he just makes me laugh because how ridiculous he is. Like. And, and, the, and the show knows it, too. Like, they literally call him out for it. And then all he can do is just scream no at them. Like, it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. And also, and like, I just want to... Sorry. I just want to bring this up. Like, the, the Mudman sequence with, like, the lighting isn't, like, the lighting is solid. And then even the effect where, like, they, they put out the fire. Like, the Mudman probably, like, put out the fire. And then, like... When Hoppa pulls out the copper match, it's like this green effect, and like the mm-hmm. Mudman showing up, and like we we've seen the Mudman, and like it's that not intro. to say foreshadowing. It was just a nice, yeah, it was just a nice thing to like see something from the intro come to life, and especially we've we've seen this in the pilot as well. So like, yeah, yeah actually, you're really right. Some... There are like a lot of nice, yeah, like sorry to interrupt, but there's like a lot of nice shots here, like 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 the scene where they're backing up to the rock, like that that just looks so nice, like. Wow, uh, yeah, right. and honestly, even without like the whole Anne and conflict, without her character development, I still think that this episode would be one of my like one of the stronger episodes of the season, just because of how entertaining the whole camping trip, like the camping trip itself, is very well done. I I, I adore everything about it from 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 Anne struggling from Anne struggling to like adapt from nature to Soggy Joe himself. To the, to the to the mudman scene, it's oh, it's it's all hilarious and so well done. And I I forgot to bring this up, but in the previous in the previous episode dating season, like uh, like we have that reference of of like Anne hating nature and then Spring is trying to bring her along, but then like by Anne versus Wild, they know Anne doesn't like nature, so they're just gonna mm-hmm. go without her. Oh, oh, it was just a nice, yeah, like, I remember. subtle I, thing. I just, yeah, another I, nice I, reference to a future think, episode. But I also think that's just something the show does so well. Like, you, they generally make you just feel bad for Anne. Like, I, I, I don't, I know, like, I guess Hop Hop delivering those two gut punchers, it's supposed to be slightly funny. Like, like when he just creates this boundary between Anne and the planter being, uh, the planter family, like, I, I, I guess it's meant to be played for last, but I just... I can't help but like, just look at her face and just feel sorry for her. I mean, it even happens in Breakout Star. Like, like, like when she shoves when she shoves Toady through the wall and she just and she has that, like and she has that funny look on her face. But then she just like I don't know. She just I don't know how to get into it. But I just I feel like the show just does that so well, just making you feel for Anne and just connect well with her in the scene. Like this is just like one of those moments. To be fair, like Hop Hop does have a point on why like she doesn't want Ant he doesn't want Ant to join him on the trip because yeah her she dream really isn't that good in adapting with nature and then of course her being a human in the frog world also doesn't help. Yeah I just yeah I mean like, that is true but I feel like I feel like you just have to be polite though. Even if you know someone's gonna decline, you still have to say, hey do you want to go do this thing? Because I feel like it's I, I oh, it's just it's really great that like character development in this episode but at the same time like something so sad caused that like just mm-hmm. just hop just the planter family not even giving her the chance is and what pushed her to go through all this like, bro even mm-hmm. once Anne comes clean after she uses the bath bomb huh oh <laughs> the, the 
did she actually say that? Okay, guys, I have to come clean. No. She said, did she no, say she that? didn't say it. No, 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 no. But like, do that. yeah. Oh my god, that, that okay, that is that is very nice. <laughs> that is actually very nice. Oh, and like, uh, and especially when Anne like reveals like what how she's feeling and stuff, like you see the planners like legitimately like they feel bad for her. Like, like once they like, I guess everything clicks into place for them, and they kind of realize like what Anne was going through, and then they just immediately go to comfort her. Which is yeah, and this is the first time. This is the first planner, planter hug, in the show, which I I remembered. And yeah, I, and I just, that's a great yeah. detail. That's a great. And at detail. that point, and yeah, and that and that and that spe- I think that specific moment finally starts the the slow but but very noticeable um, inclusion of Ant to the family, like. We've been asking that for weeks, and I think that moment is where it starts. Yeah, I, I remember thinking it was going to be like, I, I forgot, I was, I was going to call the basement episode, but like, I really agree with you, Thumb. I think because, this is really the episode yeah. where, it, where it happens. Yeah, Just, and yeah, and the next episode, Contagion. Oh, wow. Okay. The next episode stop, is actually. Stop. Yeah. Lemur. What, Lemur. What? 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 I what? don't. All right. Sorry, I, sorry. I, I'm gonna rip. I'm gonna rip. No, no, no. It's just me being. It's just me being petty. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna. Ah, uh, I don't want to talk about contagion because, like, it's like a reversal of this episode or something in a way. A little or, bit. A little bit. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, I didn't even yeah, think about I'm that. Not gonna, I'm not gonna get salty for that, but. Why? Uh, right, we'll sorry. get there. We'll get there. It's just, it's just like there. this episode builds up these strong family connections that Anne's starting to feel, and then Contagion's like, "Sorry, Anne doesn't care about her family." <laughs> but we should uh, come down okay, okay, uh, okay. I see. Okay, I guess we'll save it's that a nitpick, for next though. week. It's a nitpick, we'll just, we'll just have to see. Salvages it, but I, I, I'm I getting too far the, ahead of myself. It's that awkward episode placement. I have to say, like, it's it's just like if it was rearranged somewhere else, I feel like it would work. But yeah. We'll get into that next week. Yeah. Well, well, the next week's episodes guess... are Contagion and Family Shrub. So, actually, no. I... Next week we're going to cover the the Comic Con panel. Oh, yeah, oh, no, ooh, that's right. No, I meant yeah. The next episodes that we're going to no, we're going to cover, not next week. Sorry. Oh, but uh, I guess I think it's time for us to get into the final, yeah, like the final scene where Anne finally reveals. How she got into Amphibia, which is through the music box. And then Hop Up looks at it. He doesn't know what it is. And then Sprig tells Anne that they're going to try and get her home. And she appreciates that. And then we get Hop Hop looking back at the, like, we get Hop Hop in his study, looking through a book, and then discovering it's called the Calamity Box. And we see those pages. It's just as he feared, as as I'm quoting him, and then the segment ends. So, okay, what I want to talk about here is that the reason, okay, this this ending works as a conclusion to the episode itself, and as a teaser of the future because there's like this, there's this overarching, overarching, is it arching or arching, whatever, arching theme of trust, overarching theme of, uh, of trust, because. I guess 
the re- like another reason why I considered like Anne considered the planners her family at this point in the show was because she was willing to like open up about Calamity. how she got into Amphibia yeah, in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. She, it's it's basically her at that point she's establishing establishing that she trusts the planners with this. And then so even though we get this like so even though we're establishing this like this like strong knot or the strong link, it's like the, the last few seconds of Hoppa, it's like it just like it shows like it's like a crack in this like link where it could get worse or better. We have we had no idea at this point. But Hop Up like Hop Up reading the book, it just it kind of comes into question like how much we know about Hop Up. And I like that. I'm glad that they didn't show this in the very first episode because I don't want to compare this to Gravity Falls, but I think what this show does better is that at least gave us more time to learn about Hop Up before we start to question what, what like what's know, he, what do- he actually knows. What this, yeah, what yeah, what he actually knows and why he's doing all this, which we later learn is like a very simple reason. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And yeah, I think like the ending just elevated this episode from it being like a great episode for me, just being like something I'd like to something I'd like revisiting once in a while because of how like just how like it feels like an evergreen episode for me, which like it means like you could watch this episode like whenever you want and like I feel like it's never going to age poorly. Depending on like wh- whatever however season three plays out or however season two played out this episode we would look back and still think very fondly of and it was the perfect it's the perfect checkpoint of the show for season one i think oh i got without it being i I, I gotta agree yeah i gotta agree because it's like just the inclusion of that final minute in the the episode it's like i feel like it's a real big step forward for the show because it's it's slowly hinting at you that Oh, there's something more to amphibia than you really think it there is. Like we're 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 slowly getting somewhere with the show. Like I, I think there's really that sense of that in the ending. Yeah. And and to add on to this, like it doesn't feel like this this last minute plot development feel- doesn't feel like something that was tacked on because of the way Anne versus Wild progressed. Because like even in the case four. The first temple as much as i love that like love that episode it's basically the episode 22 minutes and then it just it cuts to utopia and then we see what's going with andrews which is still which is still excellent but then the way Anne versus wild incorporated their like final minute and as well like once we get into bizarre bizarre like i'll i'll talk about this again like it, it's still it's still grounded in the relationship between I guess to be more specific, Hop Hop, to his like new member of the family, it's still it's still connected. There's still that link while also giving us a little bit more about what's going on with the box. Yes, like I will. Like I think I think this ending really elevated Anne versus Wild is just up as not from a pretty great episode to. Possibly one of the most important episodes of the show, because in hindsight, Hell there yeah. is actually a lot of there's a lot of 
there's a lot of elements that are in play in this episode. You got Anne's, you got Anne's um, continuing struggle to adapt to Amphibia, Anne's, des- Anne's new desire to bond with her new family, the planters trying to incorporate Anne in their normal lives. You got, well, you also got, you know, a new townie in Soggy Joe. You also, and then you got the cool, then you have the, then you got, this is also the start of Anne's slow, slow inclusion into family, which got better and better by each episode. And then you got the Calamity Bot, and then you also reminded us of the Calamity Bot, which is... And this is the first time it shows up after roughly, like, six episodes. Yes, and it's also this is also the first time that we heard about the, the actual name of the Calamity Box. Yeah, and then this is also and this also kickstarted the whole long plot thread of Hop Pops of Hop Pop and Ant's relationship. Yeah, I was about to, to say, be fair. We yeah, but to be fair, you can say that all this this kickstarted in the episode Stakeout, but this is also but this is the episode where it, where it kickstarted the plot of. And and Hop Pop's trust, the, the relationship that is built on trust, and like, and that's really in, that, that's like long term storytelling at its best. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting to think about it because, like, not not even just. I feel like I feel like you can even say the scene leads into them, you know, investigating more because we have several episodes where they're where like the planter family are trying to investigate more on like what the music box exactly is. And even mm-hmm. that, and to an extent of that, you can even say all that information ended up leading up to Newtopia. Like, I was like, you can say this one episode just set up multiple future plot points that we tackle on later on. Like, like yes. I feel like the more I think about this episode, just the more important it becomes. Like, this is and just also, one yeah, of those founding all, episodes for the show. Yeah, and also this is, I think this is also the episode that really, really like, emphasizes Anne to explore more of Amphibia, more specifically Wartwood, because from this point on, we get to learn more about Wartwood. Because, because because now you, because now that the planters are now know when, how Anne got here, they are now forced to look around more of their surroundings. Ooh. Because, oh, I, oh, oh, yeah. And even though, even though we still got you know the silly episodes that we, you know that we come to know and love from the show, we got episodes like Family Shrub, Lily Pad Thai, The Planter's Last Stand, the mid-season finale. I think this is the point of the ep- of the seat of the show where we actually get to learn more about Wartwood itself, and that's really interesting. And I just want to bring up. Like way back, way back when we did, when we like re like we went over the first episode of the show, uh, best bronze. I, I know. I noticed like, I noticed that. Uh, I think in in best bronze when like Hop Hop is like sleeping in his study, it's like, it's like, it's played for jokes where like Hop Hop's just like sitting in his chair. We sh- we see his back and he's just like sleeping awake with his eyes open or whatever. And then just like they they pretty much reuse they reframe this like exact same shot at the end of Anne versus Wild, except it's at night. So the lighting is more the lighting's more eerie. There's books all over the table. And then this time like Hop Hop instead of Hop Hop just like sleeping, he's like very like intently like looking 
flipping through his book. I just thought that was a nice like change of how in the first episode we thought Hoppa was just some silly old frog. And but then like, here it's like he he knows a little bit more than he lets on. Yeah, like the whole scene just feels I mean, even the praying the praying mantis to the right just makes it even creepier for me. Because I hate I hate those insects. Isn't like, that the, yeah, isn't it the like, same praying mantis from the first episode or is that different? No, I think it's it's a different one. But yeah. Uh, okay. Like oh, it's just some there's just a decoration, I think. But Thumb, ah, I, re- yeah. I really do think you're getting on to... Yeah, you're, because, yeah, there's, like, that huge contrast. You thought he was just, like, some silly old man who will fight his grandson in a tunic. No, like, there, there's something <laughs> more to... Yeah, I had to bring that up. I had to bring that up. God I damn that it. Too, but, but, yeah, he's... There's this huge... Like, I think, yeah, this is really when the show starts moving on to a different stage for itself. Like, you you feel... Like, I think it's it's really all there. Just... Things become more grim and dark just within that one scene. Like, like Christ. I mean, I, I don't know. Just the more I think about this episode, just the more important it becomes. Like, it, you you get this sense that there's like something. I guess now I'm not gonna say darker to hot pop, but yeah, definitely that there, he knows more than he's letting on. There's there's yeah, but like something more to there's something more desperate about hot pop's character. I'd say yeah, it's, it's I'm feeling that with him right now. Also, like. And with the power of hindsight, I think this episode really shows that even though Hop-Up may know a lot more about what's going on, he also doesn't know like everything. Because like her his phrasing is it's just as I feared. But like at first we thought that like he actually knows everything about it, but like not really. But watching it but watching it now, it also you can also may think that even though he does know a lot more, he doesn't know any. He doesn't know everything because there's also this subtle fear of unknown when he discovers what the box is all about. And so it just feels like the show's first nod to like there's, there's a something. Bigger, there's, yeah, yeah, there's like there's a, a bigger, bigger story in play. And, and, and like those are always like my favorite episodes. Those are yeah, those always end up being my favorite episodes in the theater where where you generally feel like the show's taking a step forward in terms of its like storytelling and writing. Like just just this one scene, just like I think it just propels it forward like that. Mm. Yeah, just and I, I mean, I think this is a good good time to wrap up. Because I know, like, whatever else we talk about now, I feel like it's just gonna... It's something that could probably leak in to other aspects of the show. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably uh, save that for later. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I I still think, like, this episode... I feel like this is, like, the ideal... This is the ideal... This is, like, the gold standard for Amphibia's... For Amphibia. I guess for something that doesn't involve I guess for some I don't want to say something too plot focused like this is like the ideal episode of Amphibia where if there isn't if it's not too heavy it still it still has this intrigue about it but it doesn't give too much away but it gives you enough to make you satisfied yeah, I also kind of agree with your with your statement that this is like one of the best introduction episodes for the show. Like, 
if you if you're a newcomer and you want to like know what the show is about, I think this is one of the best episodes to show that newcomer, except for the pilot, of course. Like, like now that we've talked about it, like of course there's like some stuff. There's a lot to Anne's character that you wouldn't really that you wouldn't really want. Like you re- you wouldn't really notice if this was like the first episode you've seen. Mm-hmm. But since it's a but since it's like a ten minute episode. And it pretty much covers everything you need to know about Anne, the planters, and the music box. And it's it's done, I, I think, in a lot... It's done in a more effective way than Anne... Uh, Anne versus... Not Anne versus Wild. It's done in a more effective Best way Frons. than Anne, Anne or Beast or Best Fronds combined, I think. Wow. Because huh. it manages to do this in 10 minutes, while like that's like 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that actually be a good. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that, that's actually a pretty good point, I'd say. Well, but, that's not to that's not to discredit, uh, yeah. Anne Beast or Best Friends because it does cover other aspects of the show, like Sasha, and it actually introduces us to these characters. But like, Anne versus Wow is still a pretty decent like intro. Maybe we don't get enough of the planners, but what we do get is still pretty solid. Like, yeah, true. Like it's like with it's, best, yeah. It's a very best good Yeah, and with best fronts, you've got like the core of the show in general, which is and um spread against the world. Like I'm just saying, like if if Anna, like if you try to introduce the show the show to someone, and they weren't hooked on Anna Beast or best fronts, I think this would be a, like a go to episode as like mm. a third. Three times the charm. Yeah. I mean, they're probably really oh. going to like Soggy Jaw. They're probably really... <laughs> they're probably <laughs> going like... to like Soggy Jaw. Hello, Ben. Oh, he... Hello? There, ben? I don't think Ben's mic works, but... Uh, <laughs> shoot. Or maybe That's... he left, I'm not sure. But... I still, but still thank you guys for coming on. Ben, ben included as well. Thank you for coming on, Ben, if you can hear this. But uh, I guess next week we'll be covering the the Comic Con panel, and hopefully, like we get to learn a little bit more about that. Hopefully, about- yeah, well, Hopefully, hopefully, we get enough content from the Comic Con panel to actually talk in this ep- in the next week. Yeah, we, we've been. St- I mean, we've practically been starving. Like, just something to tide us over, something to at least keep a month's worth of discussion going, or something. Like that's True. that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, same. And uh, I guess any any final thoughts you want to get off your chest? Yeah. Um... Anne versus Wild, while, well, Anne versus Wild is what I consider to be a wine episode. Where, when, when, with the power of hindsight and with the whole, you know, it get it's an episode that gets better with time and with hindsight. Like, it start when you it started out as this like fun episode about Anne and Planters going on a trip, but it actually turns out to be like one of the probably one of the most important episodes in gen- of the show in general because it has a lot of elements that really does play in- play into the future of the show and that's and 
it makes this episode while not necessarily like one of the best episodes of the show it definitely makes it like one of the more one of the most important in general yeah and that's 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 what i have to that's all i have to say about this episode a really well done episode all right thank you leaper so yeah we're going to cover we'll hopefully try and break down that san diego comic-con trailer in a very concise way and hopefully we Please. learn a little bit more so Please, we say goodbye guys it will see be you guys bye, bye.